Welcome to the Million Dollar Listening Podcast. In this show, we aim to help people grow in all areas of life with the focus of getting to the next level. I'm your host, Mari Wines, realtor, marketing guru, real estate coach, and co-owner of E3 Realty. Welcome to these ladies who are selling Silicon Valley. So if you could both tell me about Silicon Valley, everyone knows it as the tech capital of the world or the innovation epicenter of the world. What does that mean when it comes to housing or real estate specifically? Well, a little bit of my interpretation, it's really not just a geography of it. Most people think of it, okay, it's south of San Francisco to the south end of San Jose and kind of spanning the peninsula. Um, but it's also something that continues to expand. If you would have asked people, oh, it's only Mountain View, it's only Cupertino, but as more of the tech industries continue to expand, a lot of that Silicon Valley term gets used in different ways and it, it kind of is crossing in the different borders. But Silicon Valley really means an area that is influenced heavily by tech. It's the main predominance of the workforce. It's an area that has a fast pace of living. So the clients and the whole experience is gonna move faster there than probably any other place uh, <laughs> we've encountered. <laughs> and the expectations are extremely high and very high risk, but can also have very high reward as well. Yeah, and in my experience, I think in originally uh, when you talk about Silicon Valley, it's more probably limited to San Jose area. And then I see over the years expanded. Mm -hmm. And then people always say, oh, it's San Francisco and Bay Area. Yeah. Especially after I moved here, we call it the Bay Area instead of Silicon Valley. However, people out of here, exactly. they always call it Silicon Valley. <laughs> yes. So your clients have an extremely high net worth, which means they require a specific level of service that you have mastered so well. How does that work out for you on a daily basis or what kind of efforts does that take? So that it's a good question because uh, it is a different experience in terms of you're working with highly intelligent people that want quick answers as, as effectively and efficiently as possible. They want to know all their options and they want to know they're talking to a professional that's skilled and knowing the options available for them. And what the cause and effect could be on each path. And they want you to move at a quick speed so then that way they can make decisions. A lot of them are very busy. They don't have much time to um, you know, sit and go through the process. And there's some sellers we've met that, or actually I should say we haven't met them in person. We've helped them sell their homes in Silicon <laughs> Valley and never seen them face to face. Um, it's, it's something to where uh, there has to be a lot of confidence and knowledge in your skill set, as well as an understanding of the data um, and knowing the market inside and out is really a big demand for clients. And that's something that we pride ourselves on is the communication, uh, the data and local knowledge, uh, being well connected in the community and going above and beyond uh, what people expect. Yes, I second that. I think um, here, um, people really f um, emphasize on how the service they receive from you. They expect you to be professional. In the, in the meantime, they probably already know a lot of data about the market. They know where they want to live. They did their research. So when they meet you, you probably need to show your knowledge and how much you know the market that can leave a big like impression on them. Otherwise, if you say, oh, I have done this, I've done that, and but then you will not really know the market well, they might still not trust you just mm -hmm. by the numbers you give. You have really have to show that you're knowledgeable. 
And also, uh, I think responsive is very important. I've, yes. I work with a lot of buyers on my side. I see uh, most of the time they say they really prefer that you can get a response immediately, even message, email, or phone calls. Um, they don't. They they are busy too, so they might just like, oh, I want a quick answer. But that's also something you need to know that it's the answer they're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's just not something you can random throw on them because they will verify it themselves later too. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be well thought out. You have yeah. to back it up with resources and data. Yeah, yeah, verified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I think there are more millionaires in Silicon Valley than any other area in the United States. And you kind of associate millionaires with luxury real estate. And we were talking earlier about the different (laughs) meanings of luxury. Yes. Um, If you want to go into detail, I just find that fascinating because a lot of people probably don't know. People probably think about Silicon Valley and they think about like mansions with pools (laughs) and elevators for their cars (laughs) and the garage and like ice cream machines. Yes. No, it, it is funny because uh, when sometimes people hear about the homes Ashley and I sell in terms of the price points, they think, oh my gosh, that must have been some amazing mansion. And just one of the recent <laughs> sales we had, it was uh, in Willow Glen and $2.3 million for practically a teardown. And it's not, it wasn't about the home, it was about the lot, it was about the premium luxury location and the prestige of that neighborhood as opposed to the home itself. So a lot of people would say, $2.3 million for something that I have to put, you know, anywhere from 500000 to a $1 million into it just to renovate, or you're going to bulldoze the whole thing down and rebuild. Sounds crazy to some people, but that's, you know, not out of the realm of unusual in our area. It's mm-hmm. just considered normal. And that was something I had seven offers on. And all of them were, you know, wanting to do the same thing. They weren't afraid of it. It completely comfortable. But it is true where we're working with clients that are high net worth. And a lot of times when we're submitting offers, we have to look at, okay, sharing proof of funds or a pre-approval letter. And sometimes our clients on paper, you know, they're, they're receiving amazing salaries and millions of dollars in the bank. But that doesn't mean they can get their dream home. And it's pretty sad when people say, oh, my gosh, well, gee, if, if uh, my entry-level option for the neighborhood I want is going to be a mortgage payment of ten dollars to $15,000 a month, it seems overwhelming to some people to where a lot of times we've met clients that um, even selling their property, one we went into, and it was in uh, San Jose, the, there was no backyard patio furniture at all. And I said, gee, you guys have been here a long time. Is there, oh, well, we're so busy working all the time just paying for the house. We don't have time to enjoy it. So it's something to think of. Um, It it might seem really grand on the outside, like there's a lot of money that's being made and high income. But are they having the quality of life of being able to enjoy and savor life and experience those things and having these big luxury homes? The majority do not. But then we do also have the other spectrum to where, Luxury is typically going to be four to five million and up. You know, Los Altos, there was 81 sales that were over five million dollars. And those are beautiful custom homes with amazing finishes um, because that area, it, it demands a certain kind of caliber uh, when it comes to homes and, and what's available. So it, it is an interesting, you know, clients, the homes. Uh, it's definitely different from probably most markets anywhere else in the U.S. So you work with more buyers, yes. what kind of homes are they shopping for? Are they shopping for like the neighborhood she just mentioned or condos in the downtown area? So it varies. I have buyers range probably from 700K to like budget to 10 million. And they might have different 
wants and needs and different timelines. However, they're facing the same problem that there's no house on the market that they can afford. No matter what your budget is, you just keep thinking, hmm, I want this. And your budget is higher, you want more. So there's always a gap between the budget and the real, like, real market. So to fill that gap, I think as an agent, that's what we need to do is kind of like make a priority to the client, know the client what they need, what they want. Even though we say always, we're joking, saying, oh, millionaires. And even for maybe very young um, professionals there at their 30s, they could probably reach that too because Mm -hmm. of the stocks. And then for them, they might just buy an entry-level house or or like their first home, but then they might end up paying like two million for a single family, as Trisha mentioned, and have to pay another 200K or 300K just to renovate or remodel because those are old houses. So for those um, buyers, especially first-time home buyers, um, some of them don't mind working on it. And then, but I have seen actually much more younger generation um, buyers, they actually prefer no work, moving ready. Yeah. So they'd rather go with townhomes that has nice, um, beautiful uh, look of the house instead of buying maybe a old single family home and work on it because they know that it's just too much work for them. And uh, for those who buy luxury houses, I have seen, um, it's very funny because they might talk to their friends and families who also lived in, let's say, a five million houses. However, they might bought it like five or 10 years ago. So when they ask them, hey, if I'm going for a house at this price range, they say, oh, uh, I think you should be okay with five million. However, five million dollar in the Silicon Valley or we say Bay Area, if you go to those uh, high-end market, Palo Alto, Los Altos, you might not even getting something really nice. So that's like a big thing about it here, even I don't know how how high net worth you need to be to find the dream house you have. It just <laughs> it just takes money and takes time. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes the dream house is different for some clients because and there is a difference on generations when it comes to luxury and what's yeah. considered high end. And sometimes, you know, we work with clients that have a very high net worth but they don't wanna show so, it off mm-hmm. and it's they're a little bit more conservative. You yeah. know, they'll they'll drive the old beaten up cars and, yeah. you know, look like they're it, wearing the sneakers and super down to earth. But, you know, and they might have millions of dollars yeah. or even a billionaire, mm-hmm. but uh, they want more of like the reserved kind of appearance and not mm-hmm. just a showcase. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I noticed they might not even spend that much money to buy a house. I think it depends. But most of them actually, I have client maybe who has a couple million dollars sitting on the account. But she is by herself, so she would just purchase a property she feels comfortable to pay the monthly mortgage mm-hmm. instead of going like like half of her you know money to buy a house. And then um, I think it all depends. Mm-hmm. But in general here, because the medium housing price is so high and, and most people has a very good income in the past couple of years. So when they are looking to the market, they, they know where they want to lend it. Yeah, and it's also interesting. The new million dollar home is now really two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like two, mm-hmm. two million is becoming like it feels like the entry level now for, for single family <laughs> it's house. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you have a team of women there in Silicon Valley. What yes. would you say is like the secret sauce or the magic of the office that all of you women bring to the market there? 
I think a big part of it is the support, um, being able to have that encouragement with each other and being able to collaborate on ideas from marketing on social platforms to different ways of prospecting and the eagerness of wanting to grow and always being open to questions and there is no silly question, just asking and and we all support each other. You know, that's the great thing is if any one of us needs help on something, um, you know, like just here at the office today, Harpreet's like, hey, can you print some flyers for me? Of course, yeah, and I'll be, I'll bring them over. She has an open house this weekend. Um, so that's something to where um, it's, we're always there to help encourage each other. It's that empowerment, enriching each other and elevating each other in our businesses to constantly um, be the best versions of ourselves. And, and by byproduct, it makes us wanna be better too. So that's a very great part about it. Yeah, it's nice for us women to have a support system, especially, mm -hmm. well, in most industries have always been predominantly men. I think up until recently, there's actually 56% of realtors are women. Yeah. So it's really nice to have the support though, because, you know, we're out there. Yeah, yeah. and also, <laughs> same thing I noticed uh, in this um, position, you can, I feel like as a woman, probably we're kind of more easy to put ourselves in other shoes. So we will know what the clients are talking about. We will think from their side of what they want and need. Yeah. And then it actually works better in terms of more effective communication because they, you just get what they're saying. It's, like it's what more empathy about. is a little yeah. bit more natural, but yeah. it is something to where, and you know, for national and state, uh, women are a predominance. But if you look at, for example, <clears throat> our local associations, uh, the membership base, and this was something I saw being involved in in, um, in in leadership in the years in past, you would see the ratios of men versus women. In our area, it is still a predominantly male-dominated um, for our market. So even though most places, you know, you have um, women as dominant, it's actually, it's very unusual for our office to be all women because most <laughs> offices, it's predominantly men. Um, so we're like a little bit of... Uh, the rare diamond, you know, <laughs> it's all not valid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I know you have a passion for helping other women in real estate. Both of you do. Mm -hmm. Do you have any plans over the next six to 12 months? Or what do you think is necessary to help women in our industry right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think really there's so many different components to look at it. It goes into the first part, which is the support system and structure the encouragement, but also sometimes there's the, the mental blocks that get in people's way, um, whether male or female. That's something to where understanding where are these resistances coming from, where are these walls coming from, trying to dissect it a little bit. Because when you get down to it, everyone's capable of getting to that same level of potential, and you just have to put the work into it. And sometimes people will resist putting work into it, uh, so that's really the biggest thing is um, being able to help people see the opportunities and be able to see where are those things that we can fine tune. So some of the things that we have done is being able to assess situations of, okay, what's going on for your life that's working out well now? What are your obstacles and challenges that we need to work through? Let's talk about that and getting into a deep dive. And that's something that we're looking forward to continuing to grow of being able to help more people that whether they're um, new in the business, but especially those that are doing five or 10 or more transactions a year um, that are just not able to unlock that next level. There's so many levels and you need different systems and support and how do you have that? And it's something that 
Ashley and I have both gone through the changes and the growth in our businesses, so it's we can speak on it firsthand. So we share a lot of our personal experiences, but also giving them the support and looking at things in a different direction that they may have not considered. Yeah, no, that is really good advice. Yeah, and especially in real estate, when you're looking to grow, you really want to be around women who have been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's the fastest way to learn. And like you said, you already know what the challenges are that you face personally because real estate is not an easy profession on your personal life. If You really have to learn how to balance and manage everything. Yes. So I know you are like the A-plus realtor since you were four. <laughs> Six, actually. <laughs> Correction. So you've, done, you've built your personal brand, Matters with Modder. Mm -hmm. You've been doing video marketing since you were supposed to be doing video marketing. Yeah. And I know your main source of business is referrals, mm -hmm. but what would you say that your second best lead source is? Uh, I would say connections. Um, really especially because um, we do so much when it comes to um, vendors and those in the community. So we have a lot of people that we supply a lot of business to because we find excellence when it comes to whether it's our contractors, our painters, our cleaning crew, like whatever it might be, we find people that are excellent at what they do and we provide that referral source. And um, that's something to where it, it comes back and, and those connections in that direction, but also uh, the connections within the community um, and, and oddly enough, other realtor referrals. Uh, it's been a, a really wonderful thing where other realtors, I've even, I've sold and represented other realtors on selling their home more than, I, I actually can't count how many other realtors I've represented. Um, and it's something to where they're like, you're the only person I can trust to make sure this is going to get done right. And that's the biggest compliment I could have is like, this is someone that's been doing it for 30 plus years or how many other years and they don't want the liability and they want to make sure it's handled correctly. So then I help them with selling their home. And then some have moved out of state and said, can you just take care of <laughs> some of these clients that come? Okay, great. Yeah, definitely can do that. And it's, um, I would say, yeah, realtors and, and referrals from past clients, um, sphere of influence, friends, family has been a big thing. But it really started um, when, when I was 18 years old and officially licensed, not the child labor, um, but... <laughs> Being 18 and none of my friends or family could afford or my friends could not afford uh, to buy or sell. And that's something to where even though Facebook was just like starting to become a thing like 17 years ago, it wasn't like, you know, I could do any kind of posts that were going to say, oh, yeah, let me buy something. So it was really I had to go knock on doors and call random people and do every kind of marketing I could to get myself out there. And there was days that I would call hundreds of people or I would knock on 150 plus doors just to get someone to say a yes or to schedule an appointment. And um, there, there was a lot of work and drive that went into it because if I didn't have enough business, my whole day would be spent on prospecting. And now to where my business is so full of business, <laughs> I don't have time as much for prospecting, which is funny that it kind of the cycle changes. If you start your whole beginning focused on trying to help serve others, provide value, and reaching out and connecting, eventually it will circle back. So it's it's pretty cool. And Ashley, I know she has an interesting start in what she's doing now too. Yeah, so um, for me, I don't have that over 10 or 20 years experience. Mine's pretty like a new agent experience. Um, but I feel like as long as you keep doing uh, what you're doing, uh, which is, it has to be something that's really productive, not like doing things that's not going to work out in the future, but 
I need to know the market very well. At that, by the time, I think um, that was my second year. Um, every day, I would write uh, like a work diary, kind of like that, to um, write down what I've been doing today or what market insights, what sort of the data, what sort of the trend. I would give comments on it or the houses I've showed, I've looked, or the broker tour I've attended. I'll share all this every single day. So um, people may not know me, but they keep reading on the articles I post. And then they are pretty, um, they find very fascinated or they just become interested. And then we will have the first um, like buyer consultation or seller consultation. And then after talk, they feel very confident because they see even though you're a new agent, but you know the market very well. And you can immediately tell them the house that they have just looked up maybe a couple of days ago. Or I just mentioned, oh, I think this will be a good fit. They say, oh, we just like liked this on uh, our Redfin or Zillow. So that moment, they feel like it's connected. And then after that, um, things just like work out. So I think as a new agent, it's very important to know the market well, That's to be knowledgeable, basically. Once you're knowledgeable, you become more confident. And you're confident when you talk to your clients, they can feel it, they can sense it. Um, that that would be a good start. And then once you have accumulated um, many clients, then like now I've become more like referral basis as well, because I feel like you only have this much time and energy every day. And I really want to give my clients the best service they have. And and I, I can't really handle like like hundreds of people at the same time. It's just not making any sense. And so I, I feel like right now, um, we're still doing what I should do, know the market well, know like in this zip code, what the houses has been pending, what the price that has been recently sold, what's the price range, if they're looking at a three bedroom, how much I should pay for bedroom, how much it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much And what where I'm were those now. diary posts at? Uh, I, I posted on my WeChat and the Red Book, that's uh, like social media, so that it got exposed to my previous clients and also kind of prospecting to people I don't know. And are you still doing that? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, she's really good at it. And it's, uh, it's something to where if anybody's listening, you need to follow Ashley Shields. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's also knowing your audience and, and where your friends and family and connections mm -hmm. are. And like Ashley knew, she's like, okay, my, like my people that I want to connect with and that I want to be able to help serve and most of my friends and family are going to be on Redbook and WeChat. And for me, it was more Facebook and Instagram and a little bit of LinkedIn in there too. Yeah. So it's, I think it's knowing because there's so many platforms out there mm -hmm. and you can't be a master at all. So it's like knowing what's the main focus of where you want to have that directed. Exactly. So what advice, well, I want to hear from both of you because you both have two different perspectives. By the way, I'm kind of new in real estate too. I think I'm on year six right now. I always lose track, but I'm pretty new <laughs> also. So don't. Um, what advice would you give to someone just starting out in real estate, a woman specifically just starting out in real estate? You can start, Ashley. Um, I think just as, as I mentioned earlier, um, do your own homework first. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, I think that's the basics, like to make you more successful in the future is know what you're doing. And also you need to like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I really love my job. I'm very happy, although I'm very busy every day, but I just feel it's, it makes me happy. So I, I wake up the next day, I'm still very energetic and to go to work. 
So, uh, and third thing is once you started um, in the beginning, don't think too much about making money. I think it's better to gain experience first and to make your, yourself more knowledgeable. And then eventually it will just um, return. Yeah, I could not agree with that more. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if you keep thinking about, I want to make more money, not, in, not to service people better, um, I mean, it could, people can sense it. They can feel it. Oh, 100%. So, totally. Yeah. And also like a clientele, uh, what kind of clients you want to attract and uh, what, what quality of service you want to provide and what quality of clients you will have. I will put it this way. Yeah, and of course we all get into this industry with the hope of making a good income. Mm-hmm. But if you're you're helping people with the biggest transaction of their lives, and especially you guys, their life savings is a lot bigger than yeah. all of my clients' life savings. And so if your main goal isn't to know the ins and outs, to be able to help them manage those decisions and help educate them through the process, mm-hmm. you're going to fail. <clears throat> yeah, it is something I think uh, for, for those starting is to have uh, a perspective and understanding that this business, um, real estate in general, used to be 75% would drop out in the first five years. That is now in the first 12 months. And uh, it's gotten more challenging over the years to be successful in real estate because before you even go to meet that client, they've already looked you up on Realtor.com, <laughs> Zillow, seeing if you have reviews and sales. They've already done research on you before you've even come out. Um, and there, there's so many more hats that we have to wear in terms of what we do for a transaction, being knowledgeable about contracts, data, research. Um, having all the vendors and contacts and then being of course a psychologist which has been there for a long time oh my gosh um and the designer uh feedback and and the marketer there's so many hats that we wear and so it takes it's challenging for people to get really skilled at all of them so it takes time and um it i find the most common problem is people can be so close to really starting that that edge up of where they're going to go in the business but they lose faith because they think, oh, well, real estate is easy because everyone says it is. And I watch, you know, million dollar listing show and it seems just so easy. So why am I not like selling million dollar homes my first few months in the business? And it's like, well, you have to master your craft first to be a value. And, and really that's where I think the huge value of having a mentor and support because those that have mentors and support with proper education have a higher success rate than those that are doing it on their own. And I think that's the biggest challenge in this industry is people say, okay, great, I got my license and I got tested on a lot of things that I'm not gonna be using um, and I don't have any practice on what is the everyday conversation and how do I make sure I factor all these different things for the client. And having someone that's experienced, skilled, uh, productive and the market they're wanting to serve to either um, ask to, you know, that that's funny part is how Ashley and I connected was that just, and I'm sure Mari, you've heard this story so many <laughs> times, but it was um, wonderful because I had too many listings and I needed help, but I'm like, <laughs> I need an open house house. And she responded back immediately with, oh my gosh, okay, so I looked at all the comps and this is all the data and I say, these are all the trends. I'm like, how did you do that in 15 minutes? And I did tell, I'm like, I love you. Like it just- in the first call. <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh, I gave it away too soon. But <laughs> it's, it's never stopped. Um, but yeah, that was something that impressed me about her. And I think that's something when you want to get the attention of someone that does a high volume of production and you want to work with someone in that kind of caliber to learn you know, from those that are really producing the industry, 
you have to stand out and it's like, how can I be of help for you? And this is what I've done and make yourself different. What are your mm -hmm. value points? Um, and that's something to where that stood out to me. And she asked, like, I think it was after the open house or something, will you be my mentor? And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> I feel very, very honored and lucky to have um, Trisha being my mentor when I first started this career. And it does make a difference because you know the destination is there. Mm -hmm. Either you have to walk all the way there, zigzag, and and you might have all this wrong way you go, right? Eventually, you're going to get there, but it yeah. takes time. And yes. you might get frustrated or you just quit. But then having a good mentor, it's like someone's leading you or a light is there guiding you going to the wrong, uh, like the right way. Mm -hmm. And what, because there are so many ethicals in this industry too. You need to make sure you are not doing something that's not supposed to be right. happening mm -hmm. just because you want a shortcut. Mm -hmm. yes. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have a good mentor who knows uh, all the... Um, uh, ethical stuff and then also compliances so she knows what we can do what we cannot and what's the boundaries and what service what advice we can give to our clients and what we should ask tell them to ask another professional who can like a cpa or, or attorney that services they can provide so um yeah I think that's very important. I think you and I are both lucky that way because we kind of had like a fast forward track yeah. to success uh -huh. yeah. because we surrounded ourselves with mm -hmm. people who are high producers, extremely ethical, and like you said, know the compliance behind everything. And I would say that probably is like all the advice you gave to, both of you gave to new agents starting out is good, but that's probably the best because all the rest is going to come if you're around someone. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. coaching and the mentorship is huge. It definitely helps accelerate the speed of success. Mm -hmm. And I've encountered some people that they said, um, well, I just want to do everything myself because I want to make sure I get 100% of that commission. I'm like, well, 100% of nothing is still zero. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's really, you know, about sometimes it's like to be able to um, work with someone. Sometimes, you know, you're going to have to pay for that education mm -hmm. or support in some way. Um, and, but it's the, it's almost like getting a master's degree and like the real live action time of what's happening. And so then that way, instead of, you know, waiting five, 10 years to get to that point, you can do it in three or less, you know, it, it just all depends. And, and it's also the big part is what you can have every tool system, be amazing on social media and be a mega influencer and do all these things and you still may not have business if you don't mm -hmm. have the drive to do the things that people aren't willing to do and put the hard work in mm -hmm. yeah i think hard work is very important too. just like do it you can think of millions of ways to do it not doing it mm -hmm. or you can just like go and knock at someone's yes. door and just say, yeah hey. the people that have all these amazing ideas but they never do anything yeah. with it i'm like I think execution is very important yes that's true Okay, this is my last question for both of you. I'm going to ask Trish first. What has been the best moment of your real estate career up until this point? Oh, my gosh. That, and that's such a hard question. Mm. Um, because time to think. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what's funny is that the first thing that actually comes up to my mind um, is just there's so many memories. It's like a wheel of the the happy tears, the the people that you've impacted um, the people that said, oh, my gosh, I didn't think this was ever going to be possible. And you made it happen, whether it was, you know, they had specific needs when it came to selling. Their, like there's been clients where 
they're elderly and they and they have fears about people coming into their home and they don't trust people coming out. I'm not there to change their beliefs and make force them to do something that would say, okay, how can we do things to make sure you're comfortable? And getting them above market value for the home compared to a house down the street that was completely fixed up and staged and getting them more money and a free rent back to be able to go with the time that they need. And there's been so many cases like that or the buyers that think, oh my gosh, we're going to get priced out of the market soon. We need something. Trisha, this offer is not going to get accepted. You're asking for the furniture too. What are you doing? And they're like, oh my gosh, you got it all. Like that, that is like the greatest feeling of um, being able to help so many people with the um, just the process that you you feel that uh, impact that you're making in their lives because it's not just a house. This is this is huge for them. It's a big part of um, you know where they're going to be raising their family, their kids, or taking care of mom and dad, or it's just them and they want to have that safe space to call home uh, is is a big thing. And I know Ashley might be similar, but I just I will actually add um, another side note, not client related. Um, being involved in real estate, it's giving me such a huge passion and love for life mm -hmm. and made things possible that I didn't think would actually come from it. And um, probably one of the, the greatest unexpected gifts was finding the love of my life, Michael, <laughs> uh, through real estate. And that was something I would have never anticipated. Um, but oh my gosh, how much my life has changed because of that. So I think I may have to claim Michael Gordon as my um, <laughs> best moment, best moment uh, in real estate. <laughs> you go ahead, Ashley. So <laughs> well, Trish and I both have very similar beliefs that things happen when they're supposed to, yes. with who they're supposed to. So I believe you guys met on purpose. Yes. You and Michael met on purpose. Like yes. it's obvious. All of us business partners here met on purpose. We were all supposed to be I together. So. I know. I think about, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I never would have met Ashley, like, my life would oh not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine Trisha without Ashley. I don't even remember who you were. I know. So, yeah. Um, I, I think it's not in not only like terms of working with people you like and you find that chemistry just like works out, but also in um, when we're working with buyers, the same thing. Sometimes... Like, I think last month I had a closing. Um, the client was, when I told them our offer get accepted, they can't believe it. They literally cannot believe it. Are you kidding? Because we literally bought a house at a asking price. is a marketing price. We call it a marketing price because we know the value is much higher. And then I actually negotiated. We have a $80,000 less than the asking price. They can't believe it because they want to come in like, 200k over asking and i told them <laughs> why <laughs> and this is not the first time happening because you know this crazy market uh, buyers has been making multiple offers not getting accepted they're very frustrating they just want to buy something immediately mm -hmm. no more looking and then as an agent i feel like hmm if you really want to get this thing down you can just write whatever numbers they want but i feel like as yeah, agent. The client hires you because they trust you. Your opinion is actually very, very important. Since this is like one, maybe one of the biggest transaction in their entire life. So after we got accepted, they immediately they, they just can't believe it, and then they were like, "Wow, we can't believe this is really happening." And then the money they saved, they could put it into remodel their houses, and then next like next week, I think there's another one that's win pending. It's like 
300, more than 300k over our price. Yes. So moments like this, I feel very happy for because the clients see your value is,、mm-hmm. and you feel happy that I standing、um, strong when the when everyone's going crazy, and I know what the value of the house is, how much work we need to put in. We count it as a whole, not just saying, "Oh, we bought this house, that's it." Because you need to know what's coming for、mm-hmm. the modeling cost, for the tax,、uh, the property tax bills.、Uh, sometimes they have HOAs, and all this kinds take into consideration of whether you really can afford it or not. So I think, for me,、um, I have times like this makes me very very happy. I mean,、um, I don't think there's a better story out there than that one to encourage. Potential homebuyers to make sure that they are interviewing the agents that they're working with to、yeah. make sure that they have their best interest at heart and are skilled to get、yes. them a home in this market. Because, like you said, anyone can just write and offer a hundred thousand dollars over a list price, but to actually know the market and to study the value of a home is a skill.、Mm-hmm. Yes, that and also reading people having and that's something too is、uh, it, it is knowing the market, knowing the data. Reading people, especially when we have conversations with the agents, getting a feel for things. And the weird thing is, sometimes we go off of our gut feelings, and it's it's so weird how、it、sometimes weird. our gut feelings、oh. are like so right on. But it is something to where I think、um, exactly what Ashley is sharing. If, if you're not just someone that is writing a contract just to make it win, it's like no, we are advocates for our clients,、mm-hmm. and if we can make sure our buyer saves money and has every opportunity they can for them, and focus on. The the opportunity in front of them of, instead of just going with whatever no let's really look、yeah. at the situation assess it be thoughtful be strategic, and so then that way they win in the end, and with our sellers we look at not just of how can we get them top value in the market and get the highest return and the best terms and conditions but also what is their experience like what is it that's important to them what are the non negotiables you know and that's and I feel like in the market we have. Privacy is one of our big things. Whether it's our sellers, and some say, "I just," I've had some people say, "I don't want to sign. I don't want anyone in my neighborhood to know. I don't want my kids to know. No one will know. You're just going to talk to people and find the right person that's going to give me the highest offer." And you're like, "Okay, that's what they want." Even though you share that everything with them on the value of marketing and staging, some people have very specific needs. And that's something that we just customize everything to the client. We're very thoughtful on. Every part of the process to make sure that they're the best represented. Well, I love that you both answered to what the best moment was. That your answers were around helping other people and other people's lives becoming better because of the work that you do. So、mm-hmm. I just feel lucky that I get to work with both of you. Thanks,、oh. thanks, Mary. We feel the、so、same、much. way. <laughs> thanks so much for coming today, and I can't wait to have you both back. Yes, looking forward to that. There's always going to be more to talk about.、Mm-hmm. Always, yes. <laughs> Hey, this is Coach Nick. Check out my episode on million-dollar listening with the amazing host Mari Wines here at E3 Realty.